fast you're going. What? How fast you're going. I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast, so if you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot, turn this off before you get butt hurt and mad, start to cry, have to run to your safe space. All opinions are those of the host and his guest, and do not reflect the opinions of any government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. Um, your host, Iceman. This is going to be a different one on, on Sunday because Holster is here. We have a, get, uh, a guest also, uh, Natasha. She is a avid listener, we'll say, and uh, she's going to ask us some questions also. So, we call her a super fan. She, uh, Hell yeah. She uh, is in, I can't say great state, she's in the state of Washington. <laughs> she's behind, <laughs> she's behind enemy lines also over there, and uh but she is here. Say hello. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? I hope you got us some questions. Hell yeah. So, you, everybody can well, hear? Hold stare. Yep. Okay. Yep. Everybody can hear? I work. hear you guys just fine now. All right. Well, you now, can... let me start off with, the, with one first. Now, for both of you, what was the best thing a civilian has ever done for you while you were on duty? Oh, <laughs> uh, go ahead, take that ice, man. Well, what you scared of? Uh, the truth. <laughs> I did I work know. in a college I, town. So. I, uh, I guess the best, I don't know. I never had any, uh, many, many moons and moons ago. I got, y'all excuse my sinuses. Sinuses, it's yellow season, which I mean, they got the pollen blowing around like crazy out here. So I'm a little nasally even though i took medicine but this was you know 20 plus years ago i was uh before the department i originally worked for even had motors we had uh there's a bar fight there's a this uh sports bar type thing you know basically a bunch of redneck power drinkers and stuff like that got caught we were always getting called over there were you talking about Back then, there was like four or five of us that worked the entire parish. So back up wasn't nowhere as close. Got called used to, to ride dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had I had a T-Rex, but his, he couldn't pick nothing up with his little arm. Is this small arms dealer? What? Can, I'm, I'm about to mute him right now. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, I got dispatched to a bar fight, and uh, I got there. And it was this female jumped on this male. Well, I pulled the female off the male because she was the aggressor. Well, when I pulled her off of the guy, her mama decided to get involved. And her mama jumped on my back like a spider monkey. I pulled her mom off my back. So now I'm here by myself fighting two females in a bar full of people. And I was about to just start spraying everybody in there. <laughs> and right when I reached and pulled out my, my pepper spray, 
because I was about to close this bar down really quick. And uh, this the big old bouncer guy, he was probably, this guy was ginormous. He was probably six, seven, four hundred pounds. He snatched, he grabbed the hold to the, the little female because when I threw her mama off of me, the bitch jumped right back on me. Like I said, she was like a spider monkey. So he he basically held her down so I could get her daughter cuffed and everything. So, I mean, I, I think that's about the only time a civilian backed me up. So I think that was probably the best one. I mean, besides people buying you food or, or giving you something to drink or something, that's probably the most oh, helpful. Oh, yeah. That's a gimme. Yeah. Well, I actually got uh, called in the office uh, the next day over that by the chief of operations because uh, this woman had bonded out of jail and filed a complaint against me. What? <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 walked, I walked into the office. I walked into the and This is a freaking like 90s now, late 90s. I walk into the office and uh, and he looked at me. He's like, "What happened to you?" Because she had went, one time when I pulled her off, I had three claw marks from her nails from my hairline up here, all the way down to my neck down here. Just three of them all the way down my face where she had just taken skin off. He's like, "What, what happened to you?" I said, oh, "That woman last night in that bar, which kept jumping on me. I pulled off. She scratched me in my face like that." Just to tell you how long ago this was. He's like, I said, I'm sure you felt, saw the charges. He's like, I said, nah. And before you ask, yes, I already took Polaroid pictures of That's what we used to use, the Polaroid camera, the Instamatic Polaroid cameras that shot them out. <laughs> I said, I already took the pictures wow. and turned, yeah, turned them into evidence and stuff like that. But he was calling in and bitch me out because she said that I, I was, uh, I used excessive force and all kind of shit on When he saw my face, that whole investigation ended right then and there. <laughs> it was done. It's not always there what they come up with that you use excessive force. Oh yeah. Oh, that's the new thing, but it didn't. It wasn't always. Well, force is as you hear people say all the time. When, when law enforcement uses force against somebody in any type of arrest, force is not pretty. People, this isn't the movies. We're not all. You know, trained martial artists that have practiced right. fighting with the other person before we do it. So it's not pretty. Force is never <laughs> pretty when you're doing it. And a lot of the general population, civilian population, don't realize that when they see it. Yeah, and we have a use of force matrix as well that allows us to escalate as needed. Um, yeah, Did just, you ever have to escalate it? Have I ever had to escalate? Yeah. Yeah, I've had to escalate quite a few times. You go straight from, uh, you know, hey, how's it going, to gunpoint real fast. It depends on whether or not they're uh, complying. Yeah, you can skip skip them. Ours was like, ours is like officer presence, uh, verbal commands, soft, open hand. Then you can go to impact weapons or freeze. It's either or. Well, my old department was actually officer presence, verbal commands and you went to chemical weapons before you even went to soft open hand so we then, then if the chemical weapons didn't work then you just you know go to impact weapons like an asp or something like that and then you know of course the last one's deadly force which you could yeah, skip all, over you could skip over them, you know, the box. yeah yeah you fit you have to be able you know 
This is why the bad I thing did is this. that works in reverse too. Like they tell you, once the suspect is down, you're supposed to render aid and all that stuff. Like stop shooting him and give him CPR. <laughs> um, it, there's there's all kinds of nonsense to it. But yeah, as far as the the I guess something given to me, uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, there's a kid that played in that movie uh, Dolphin's Tale, and that? my car broke down. What about the syphilis you got? No, no, I got rid oh, of that. Okay, okay, okay. I don't know if you yeah, forgot that's, about that, it. That was the gift I kept on giving. <laughs> but uh, my car had broken down, and I needed another one, so uh, I was cruising through a neighborhood, and I noticed there was a car that was always in this guy's driveway. And I walked up, knocked on the door. I was like, hey, man, what are you going to do with that car? Does it run? He goes, yeah, it runs. He goes, but I'm, you know... I'm flying out because I got to go make this movie. And uh, he goes, give me 700 bucks. You can have it, buddy. So, I mean, I got an SUV that I lasted me and the wife like two years um, for 700 bucks. I mean, he could have sold it for a hell of a lot more. Did you check the vent? Uh, yeah, of course I did. Yeah, it wasn't stolen. Okay, <laughs> just check it. And it was funny because I actually sold it to a scrapyard years later when it broke down. For almost double what I bought it for. Holy cow! Yeah. So we won't we won't say how. Well, that's just like that that bronze cheetah I have in my front yard. We won't say actually how much we find out it's worth. But I'm coming to get it. You know, uh, I was on a I went to a medical call. An old lady ended up uh, passing away. I was actually holding her hand when she died. Because um, it was the son-in-law there. He had to go out. He went out to get the, uh, the ambulance and fire department. And she died while we were waiting. And she didn't. She had a do not resuscitate. And uh, we were walking out afterwards. This was a very large house. Uh, the son-in-law and her daughter were both veterinarians. And she was a professor veterinarian. And... It was dark at this point, and it scared me, and it was this big bronze cheetah, and I was like, Jesus, thing scared the hell out of me. It's, you know, life-size and shit. It was dark, and he's like, yeah, I got to get rid of it. My wife tripped on it and cracked her head open, and she hates it and wants me to get rid of it, and I just got to get rid of it. She said, my kids don't want it or nothing. I was looked at it, and I said, well, you just giving it away? He's like, yeah. I said, I'll take it. Well, it was too big to put in my police car, my unit, because it was too long to take <laughs> door went closed. So uh, my stepson was actually working for part time for that fire department. So we threw the we didn't throw it, but we put the, we put the cheat in the back of the fire truck and we brought it to the fire station. He <laughs> he brought it home in his personal pickup truck next morning. Well, when he was down here this last time, he he, he was looking at it and talking about. Well, he Googled it and pulled it up, and we saw how much it was worth, and it was like it should not be out front. <laughs> It should be in a house. It's like, holy shit. It's like one of only two in the world. Uh, you, you, could, you could buy, you could buy a, a pretty nice used car. <laughs> I kept joking with him because I was, I was going to take his uh, convertible, throw that joker in the passenger seat, and just drive on home with it. And the cheetah. Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> and, and believe it or not, Bam was like, you can bring it home, that bullshit trash and stuff like that. And I'm like, it turns out it's worth something. Yeah. Crap. Y'all keep talking a minute uh, about something. And I said, I don't know if Bam's home yet. And the people are showing up with the food already. 
All right. So y'all now, ask him a sends, question. Hostera, since you, you, you're in Florida, what was your worst encounter or funniest encounter with somebody on bath salts? To be 100% honest with you, I don't believe I've ever ran across somebody with bath salts uh, in our city. That wasn't the epidemic. We, we had the fake weed that makes people act fucking stupid like they're on LSD. Um, but basically, it, it speeds them up, uh, the fake weed does, and it's more like a cocaine-infused. And they get really hot and very energetic and then just start taking off their clothes and laying in the middle of the street um, they're usually not combative. They're usually very nice, but they don't, they don't understand why their body keeps getting so hot and they're trying to take their clothes off. Um, so that makes for a naked call. Oh yeah. No, I've had, I've, I've had hundreds of naked calls. Hell, I was actually a naked call myself once when I was a teenager. I, uh, how did yeah. you accomplish that one? Well, basically I was drinking underage at my sister's house. She's having a party. She didn't know I was drinking. And uh, I was drinking Jaeger bombs. Her boyfriend was feeding me Jaeger bombs. Well, at the time, I was a pro, ep- or you know, an athlete in high school. So I mean, I was a runner and everything like that. Well, suddenly I had this urge to run, except for it's Florida, so it was really hot. So I just started running down the neighborhood, which is, uh, it's not like it is now. It was all dirt road. Uh, you could fit two semis down this road, and it's in the middle of nowhere. Like, nobody would have seen me. So I started running down this road and stripping my clothes off. Next thing you know, for the first time in my entire life, a police cruiser rounds the corner and hits me with the spotlight. And it lights it up, and he goes, and I'm like, yes, sir, how can I help you? He goes, young man, where the hell is your clothes? And I'm like, I got hot, sir. And he goes, get Get in the car. Where do you live? I said, well, I don't live nowhere near here. I said, I was at my sister's house. She's having a party. I was sneaking booze. He goes, okay. So he walks up to my sister's door and knocks on it. And of course, my sister opens the door and sees a deputy and me standing there just covering my junk. And uh, she goes, what in the hell did you do? And I was like, I stole some of your alcohol. She goes, I'm going to tell mom and dad and they're going to whip your ass. And the deputy goes, well, sounds like it's taken care of. Y'all have a good night. And just left it alone. Oh, man, yeah. you got away easy. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. That was a crazy party. He said it would just been a short report. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it wasn't cold that night. <laughs> okay. Well. Now, Iceman, same question for you. What was your funniest run-in with a, with a tweaker or somebody on bath salts or fake pot or stuff like that? Uh, I've had a few. I think I the guy really wasn't funny. He uh we got distracted. Uh we got a call, I forget why we got called to the place. But anyway, we get there and this dude he's whacked out, he's high. He has warrants. He's a weirdo. He uh he's a little bitty fella too. He he had he had like this long goatee with like a braid that came way far down. And it wasn't even <laughs> it wasn't even his hair. It was somebody else's hair, and he had it, uh, like, ponytail clipped in there. And uh, yeah, you got me intrigued. Yeah, it was like it was like so he like put somebody else's hair and stuck it on his goatee. 
Well, while me and my partner, we were motor, we were motors at the time. I was full motor uniform, tall boots and everything. Well, we're sitting there dealing with him. We had, we had him. He was, we had him face down on the, uh, on the ground. We were, we were getting ready to cuff him or something, and then uh, this girl comes out the trailer, and uh, that's what we call trailer park sexy. Little daisy boots on, little crop top, you know, butt cheeks hanging out, you know, and all that stuff. And we like, me and him like looked at her and went, huh, look at her. She kind of, this trailer. Is that the girl sexy. pooped herself? No, that's another, that's another one. We, look, we were looking at her. We're like, damn. Then I said, we looked down and he wasn't there no more. And we looked up and he's running across the yard. <laughs> so we're like, oh, fuck. So, here we are. Neither one of me, me, me or my the partner at the time uh, were runners either. Well, good thing he was on. Uh, he was high and everything. So I ended up catching him across the. We, he crossed the road, jumped the ditch, and was in some other yard. So I caught him. Wait, I caught him probably about a hundred yards away. Cuffed on. We got a. We, we were on motorcycles. We had to get a unit there and uh, transport him. Well, we get to the jail and stuff. My, my supervisor at the time, he shows up and he's looking at the dude. We told him, you know, we had to call in that we were in foot pursuit and stuff. We, we get to the jail, supervisor looks at the dude and looked at him and says, You know, he says, You must be the slowest motherfucker in this whole parish to let these two guys in full motor boots run you down and catch you. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, yes. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, he was. I don't know. He just he had he had somebody else's hair stuck in his face to make his goatee look. Long. I mean, he was yeah he was a little weirdo. Yeah, don't let uh the Iceman's looks fool you. He's actually a good runner, especially if his Great Dane gets out. Oh God, no! Don't talk about that. Took me two hours to catch that bitch <laughs> in about three miles. I bet you they can't run. Oh yeah. I ended up damn to, horses. I ended up having to, she slowed down a second, actually like tackled her like at a football, I was in the mud. Oh, I was madder than hell. Yeah, and we did a podcast not long after. But I was still out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> I really never dealt too many people on bath salts too much. I was, no, I was, that's I was, what I was telling her. Well, I, I was I was in motors, so I mean, I didn't get those kind of calls too often. We got called to a crash one time now. This wasn't bath salts. Get called in, in, like, got called in like two or three hours early because we work all the fatality crashes on Parish Road. So we got a call that morning, went out there, and uh, I get there, and the car's in the ditch. The car's just in the ditch. They didn't have no dents on it. I pull up, and I'm like, okay. I said, well, where's the other car? Oh, no, that's it. I said, somebody died from that crash? I said, they didn't even crash. They just went in a ditch. It's just like stuck in the ditch. And I go over there and look because I beat the corner and stuff there. And I look. And I look at that guy. I looked at their, I was a sergeant. I looked at their sergeant. I said, y'all really called us out here for a fatality crash for this while I'm looking at them? And I'm like, are y'all just that lazy and don't want to write? A car in a ditch crash, because the only reason the car went in a ditch is because he's dead with a needle sticking out of his fucking arm. 
He oh, shot up. He shot up. Shot. He shot up driving down the road and OD'd and died. And just the car just went in the ditch. It didn't even hit nothing. It just went in the ditch. I said, this isn't a fatality crash. This is a crash resulting in the fatality. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I was pissed off. Oh, wow. Yeah. Dang. I said, I'll write the crash. But y'all dealing with the other. Because with something like that, you, when you have stuff like that, the way it was, they're going to have. You know, somebody's got to go to the autopsy and all that stuff. I don't grossed out about it. It just takes a lot of time. And it was just, it was an OD. It was not a fatality crash. It was a crashed fatality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he died and then crashed. We had one, uh, we had a guy, we thought the crash killed him. Yeah, it was a state police crash, but we, of course, we beat him there. But this guy had run a red light. This is two major state highways. He ran He ran a red light, crossed the state highway, went straight into, there's a big old Walmart, went into the Walmart parking lot from the main road. Went Y'all know how big Walmart parking lots are. He went all the way through the parking lot and then hit the building. Jesus, went without in, hitting anything else? Went in between, even went in between the big safety poles they have up front and hit the building. And, you know, we first was like, I mean, it was an impact, but we were like, man, couldn't find out. The dude had a heart attack in the corner oh, said shit. he died. It was like one of them Widowmakers. He had a heart attack driving and died before he ever crossed the road. It is a miracle that this guy, he probably went almost half a mile through all this traffic through an entire parking lot full of cars and stuff and didn't hit nothing but that building that's the true definition of jesus <laughs> take the wheel yeah <laughs> oh, shit. i mean i mean it was it was crazy if you could see i mean it was, it was like half a mile and he did i'm through a parking lot a walmart parking lot full of cars people walking around and didn't hit a person didn't hit a car or nothing he definitely went out with a bang, didn't he? Yeah, and he refused <laughs> to sign the ticket, too. So, <laughs> Just refused to sign it. I think um, probably got a now, warrant. what's the biggest problem down there in Louisiana with as far as drugs goes? Uh, probably like everywhere else right now. It's the, the H, the heroin, fentanyl. Heroin. Heroin and fentanyl. That's yeah, we got some kind of fentanyl down here. It's supposedly like ten times stronger than normal new, fentanyl. Well, they got a new, they got a pink fentanyl that's out that's super deadly. But uh, fentanyl's bad. I mean, they said the problem is a lot of people are probably gonna say, "I can't believe you're saying it." They they wanted to fight the opioid crisis, right? All the pill heads, people on the lower tabs, hydrocodone, and all that stuff like that. So basically, I mean, you go to the dentist, which your feels like your head's about to explode, and they're not even going to give you lower tabs for the pain. They're going to give you ibuprofen, Vicodin, or some shit that don't even work, and you're just going to be in pain because they don't want to. You know, nobody wants to give give you the shit that actually when you need it because people abuse it. But all they did was all the pill heads. Since they can't get the pills no more, they just switched over to heroin and suboxone yeah. strips and fentanyl, and they're not used to it. And they're doing they're getting hot shots. They're taking too much, and ODs are like double, tripled what they used to be. Yeah. So they just no, they, that down here. Narcan on you? We don't carry Narcan, man. 
Now, that's where we get into my opinion on the matter. I think me and Iceman's talked about it before. I do not believe Narcan should be available to the general public. I believe that it should only be emergency first responders. And it should only be used on emergency first responders that come into contact with certain things like fentanyl. And that way it saves their life. The problem is these communities, like I live in one right now, it's a very meth and heroin and fentanyl-laced area. And basically the sheriff's department has put up a sign that says, beware of overdoses. Uh, There might be bodies on the sidewalk. What? Um, Yeah, that's actually a sign. Um, It's one of those scrolling signs. Um, Because basically what has happened is right here on my beautiful corner, and uh, here in Pasco County, we got a uh, one of those places where you could donate your plasma and get like five hundred dollars. So five hundred dollars for plasma? There. I thought yeah. you only got like twenty or thirty bucks for plasma. No. So what they're doing is it all depends on the quality and all that good stuff. But either way, they go in there and they donate all this plasma. So now they have no plasma inside of their system, and instead of going and eating and rebuilding their system, they go use that money to buy dope. And then they smoke said dope, but their body can't handle it because they have no blood, so it can't circulate. So they end up dropping dead on the sidewalks. Um, that is a daily event here. Um, what? Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll get more into that as we progress in the next year. Um, but yep, it's it's pretty damn bad. And I, what I'm saying is they keep overdosing because they just get Narcan and released. Um, I'm a firm believer, and if you stick a needle in your arm, you know what the chances are. Exactly. Um, You know, we should not be risking lives and all this shit to save somebody who does not want to save themselves. I'm sorry, but that's my standpoint on it. (coughs) You know, I have one. I I told the the Iceman, I work at a gas station at night alone on a uh, highway, and I had one, like, maybe a month ago, maybe six weeks ago. And she was actually doing fentanyl in the bathroom. Jesus. Yeah, they and love her going boyfriend got upset with her over something, and he happened to tell me what she was doing in my bathroom. I flipped. I flipped my lid. It was just about a week or so after I watched that video of that cop that overdosed on fentanyl accidentally right. when, he, when he touched it. I think that was in Florida, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I remember I, it. I lost my shit on her. I just lost my shit on her. Well, yeah, because see, if she put it on the back of the toilet seat or something like that, and you go in there to clean the toilets, and you're not thinking about it, yep. and you accidentally touch the back of the toilet or flush it, and next thing you know, you're laying on the floor dying of fentanyl. Or, yep. You know what I mean? Well, I hope um, she uh, would use uh, gloves when she was cleaning her toilet. Well, that's why I switched. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> we, we don't... We don't really have good gloves. We only get the, the food preparing gloves. Oh, we God. don't have the nitro gloves or anything like that. So, therefore, you know, it, it's a possibility. Plus, I got pretty big hands. Those gloves don't really fit me right. Right. So, it could touch me somewhere. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know if you've but ever... It's, it's a bad problem we got up here. It's mostly that fentanyl now and the, uh, what's it called again, the meth? Yeah. Yeah. They actually call the city I live in Tweakerville. Well, yeah. we can thank the no border patrol, border protection that we have because the cartels are making a fortune right now bringing all that shit over. Oh, yeah. And if you've ever, if you've never seen somebody uh, get Narcan when they're o- ODing. Oh, stand back. 
when they come back because they go from like you think they're dead to wide fucking awake and, and pissed, pissed off. off. Yep. They are pissed off because you done fucked their high up now. And a lot of times they'll once they're released from medical care, they right back on the street go get their high back because they well, they wake up mad. They don't even take him anymore. They don't take him anymore. I told you right here. I think it's two grams that they're allowed to carry on their person without getting arrested, without <laughs> anything at all happening to them. That's completely wow. insane. Yeah, yeah, that's Washington State for you now. That's a freaking but, felony. Well, just they don't even take him anymore. They check up it on him. They too. give him their Narcan. They don't take him no more. So I was told by EMTs not to call him anymore for shit like that. Jesus. Yeah, that's a felony to have that kind of drug along you, period. Yeah, you're looking at serious time down here. Yeah, no, they um, can't do anything about it anymore. Well, isn't, forgive me if I'm saying this wrong, but isn't like Washington State or is it just Seattle that has like the highest suicide rate in the United States or something? No, it's the entire Washington State, but they okay. say that that has something to do with the weather up here. Right, it's depressing. Yeah, it's very, oh, God. It's very, Tell me about it. Yeah, that's where it's like, well, I mean, that's where y'all have all in van vampires because they can go out what? in the sunlight. Well, according to that movie, what was that movie with the vampires? Blade? Huh? No, not Blade. Blade? No, the, that the one they had a whole bunch of them. I don't know. It was some vampire movie. They were in Seattle and or Washington because they it was always it wasn't ever sunny up there, so they could go outside. Oh, okay, so it's overcast. Yeah, but I mean that kind of explains the drug use. I mean, you know, if you're always depressed, that'll that's got a good playing to it too. But it also well, doesn't why? help. Then, to... then we had the summer of love, and ever since then, everything went. <laughs> what <down> the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't, don't you remember the wonderful Chop Zone or whatever it was called? Yeah. Yeah, it's a summer of love, just free barbecues and drugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that was uh, it was, was it the governor beautiful. or the mayor of the city, or whatever, wouldn't let the cops go in and take it back. Right. Yep, it was both of them, actually. It was that fucked up mayor, and then it was the governor, too. Because they could have went and took it back if they were and allowed that, to. Oh, they, they wanted to, but they had to stand down. They were trying to, to burn down the precinct. Yeah, that could be handled, too. Yeah. It goes back to my old saying, and I think I said this last... Was it last night? Wednesday. Anyway. Wednesday. Yeah, I be, dude, I, as a tax man, I, I'm here seven days a week, so it doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, fire hoses work. You open a fire hose on somebody and shoot them halfway down the block. They'll get the point and they're clean. Now you helped them with hygiene. <clears throat> no, what yeah, a lot of them need it. What they're no doing about now, they're taking, they're going to start issuing teddy bears and rice, crispy treats and chocolate chip cookies. Well, yeah, I mean, could you take take the beanbag shotgun and attach it with teddy bears? No, they're not. They're taking the beanbag, the beanbag shotgun rounds, and they're taking the beanbags out, and they're putting confetti and glitter in them. <laughs> hey, so glitter coming out of a shotgun. It'll make, it'll make everybody happy and sparkly. Hmm. And but blind. then you've got to be really careful because now you can't be sued for glitter bombs, remember? <laughs> we'll get arrested. Can you really? <laughs> Well, them two girls got arrested for. 
Exactly. Bro, I mean, they, they were attacking that dude. I mean, they attacked him, and it was they used the chunky glitter. They didn't use the fine. And they even grain. broke into his house and kept glitter bombing him. <laughs> I don't. I still want to know more about that. That's so weird. Uh, I just want to know if they were going to catch Precious. No, they ain't. I'm hiding her. <laughs> She's answering your phone. Well, we already figured out why you why Precious went under. <laughs> why is it? It's really simple. Freaking Bill Clinton kept calling her because he woke up next to the monster Hillary. <laughs> Wrong she's podcast, like, but that's funny as shit. Yeah, she's like, Precious, like, yeah, Bill, stop calling, click. Stop. Mm-hmm. Monica. Like, well, there was like hellacious stories coming out of the White House talking about how, uh, like, she used to beat Bill's ass all the time. She does look like a Dom. Oh, yeah. I could see. I, I could. I could see. You know, it's funny as shit because you remember that picture inside of Epstein's house with him, uh, with Bill wearing the dress. I didn't go there with you. That was your own trip. Oh, I didn't go to Epstein's house. That was dude. Was it's only yourself. like it's only like three hours away from here. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> oh my! You didn't just go there. <laughs> I mean, it really is. I'm in Florida. It's like, I didn't go to the island, though. No, no, I hung out at the house. So, what else you got that's, for That's us? a joke. Well, Iceman, you used to be on patrol instead of being a motor cop. What do you prefer? Oh, and mo- why? Motors, Rumbra. of course. Uh, the main reason, well, I get, especially when I, was, especially when I was uh, younger, I mean, I do get paid... To ride a motorcycle. So, that's first of all. Second of all, I love writing tickets. And that's one of my main jobs. And third of all, I have a Monday through... Well, the department I work for. Not all departments are like this, but the two I've worked for. I have a Monday through Friday job. My old department I used to work from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Now I work 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. So, I have good hours. I'm not on shift. I'm not working every other weekend. I'm off on holidays and just like a... When the courthouse is closed. Whenever the courthouse is closed, I'm off. And uh, so the the schedule is fantastic. So. Gotcha. Well, but Sarah, it, how about you? To, to put it this way, uh, he has a, a beautiful Harley Davidson at home with like zero miles on it because he gets paid to ride the agencies. So... <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at that thing. I'm like, what? What is dirty? He's like, oh, yeah, no, I'd, I'd never ride it. I got my, you know, patrol bike. I'm like, yeah, that, that makes sense, actually. Um, well, I've, I've done a couple jobs. I've, I've worked PDs. Uh, we did DHS contract work. Um, I definitely prefer the PD work. Um, I did some gang task force type shit, and uh, that was fun. Because you're part of a specialty unit. When you're a specialty unit, you're not quite patrol um it was very you had a very close-knit team where either everybody got along or the one person that didn't is gone um because when you're kicking doors in the you know 3 a.m on no-knock warrants the last thing you want to do is have the guy want to be shooting you in the back well you don't do that Um, no more now you got to wait 30 seconds no i i'd never be waiting no 30 seconds (laughs) let me tell you um we dealt a lot with the lower income areas and stuff like that and 
I, I mean, I like I like the gang task force shit, but dangerous. I mean, back then I didn't care because I was just, you know, I felt like I was six foot tall and bulletproof. And then it took me losing three zone partners in a year. And uh, that that did it. And um, so I do taxes now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might get shot for that one, too, now. Uh, they, they have a really bad luck because I require anybody that works with me or for me to carry a firearm at all times. So, yeah, this would be the equivalent of robbing a gun store. That wouldn't be advisable. Yeah, Florida is pretty liberal with their gun laws like we are. <laughs> yeah, we're a gunshine so, state. So, southern states are way more liberal with their uh, gun laws. Yeah, how about that? I've never talked to anybody from Washington. Um, what's your uh, is your gun law strict up there? I mean, I'm sure it's not as strict to say Chicago or New York, but well, you don't have to take a class, which I think is bullshit because too many people can go and get guns and not know how to even shoot a gun. Usually, they shoot themselves on accident first week. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, you got you got your standard checks, you know, your obviously your background checks and then your uh, mental health checks and whatnot. But it's it's pretty easy to get a concealed carry permit. Are y'all an open carry state? No. Yeah, we're not either. We have open carry cities, but even inside those cities, all that does make the cops fuck with you all day. No, we're an open but carry think- open carry state, and most of the cops now. If I see somebody walking around with a gun, we we don't, you know, we don't fuck with them. Yeah, but like when I went to New Orleans, I was like super sketched out because I, you know, obviously I was profiling because I I carry a full size forty five. But I and I know that I could have just open carried, but it was weird because you don't see anybody else doing it. No, I mean, not in New Orleans. You can do it, but believe it or not, even in the area where I live, you, every now and then you'll see one person here, one person there. It's not like just most people don't do it, even though it's legal to do it. Right. And me and you've had that conversation because, say, you're inside of a gas station and you're the only one with a gun on his hip. Uh, if they go to go get robbed, they're going to shoot you in the back of the head first because you're the only threat inside of the building. Well, um, that's is, why I prefer concealed. When I see- well, the thing, though, is, as I told Iceman, as liberal as Washington is, you're pretty much not allowed to have guns on you at all. What? You are and you're not. Like my employer, I work at a gas station at night alone on a highway. You having a shotgun? I'm not allowed to have any weapons on me or in my car. Now, is that a state law or is that a company policy? That's a company policy. Oh, okay. See, we have those down here as well. Um, we've actually had like school teachers arrested that had guns in their car, um, which is ridiculous. But uh, yeah, it happens. Like there's certain places you work, but that's anything. That's even with the mask policy and everything. If if the big guy up top, the CEO says, make it happen, everybody's well, got to abide by it. Schools in Washington, their offices, the what are they called again? The the school offices, they are no longer allowed to carry arms. What what happened? In Washington, the uh, school resource officers are no longer allowed to carry arms. And why the fuck would they need school resource officers? So basically, Good question. they They're turned, about to do away with them. They turned them into security guards. Right. Yep. They got to be security guards because as a sworn officer, I mean, you could because of George Bush, you could travel anywhere inside the United States as long as you got your commission. Yeah, well, I think it's funny. I've seen signs um, at a school. It says, you know, no weapons allowed except law enforcement. 
Like, I, I didn't really need you to tell me that because I was going to come in with it anyway. <laughs> but like, right. Like, but that's what it said. Except law enforcement. It's like, do you actually think I'm going to say, oh, I'm a, I'm a, a cop on duty in full uniform. I'm going to look and say, oh, let me go put my gun in my car. Well, I can tell you right now, when I was a rookie, I thought that I could only carry my gun while I was on duty. There was actually a situation where I was driving home in my patrol car, and I had to stop at a 7-Eleven, get me some energy drinks for the next day. I legit took my gun out of my holster and put it underneath my seat and went in the gas station. With no now, gun? I remember I was, yeah, with no gun. I had the hood down, Empty. and I was in a marked unit in full uniform, uh, and I walk in, and I'm getting my energy drinks, and all of a sudden, this deputy walks in behind me, and he goes, excuse me, son. I'm like, yes, sir. How can I help you? And he goes, where the fuck is your weapon? And I'm like, in the car, sir. I'm out of jurisdiction, so I didn't want to carry it. He goes, put that son of a bitch back in the holster and never take it the fuck out again. Unless you get because you don't do that because you're going to get killed. You yeah. walk into one of these places, and you ain't got nothing to defend yourself. And I'm like, okay. Well, he was a higher-ranking official. So I was like, all right, you got a card on you so that if any other deputies give me a problem, he's like, here's my card. And if they give you a problem, call me. I'm going to fire their ass. Um, it, was, it was wild. I, I mean, I was a rookie. I didn't know no better. Yeah. Well, especially now, as a cop, you don't want to go anywhere without your gun, you know? Shit, actually, no. I wouldn't want to go anywhere without my vest on. We actually, they have actually a policies now that, uh, like, policies with departments that were quiet, says even when you're off duty, you must be armed. It's yeah. A, it's in the policy saying that you must that was carry the a weapon. I was with. You must carry a weapon even when you're off duty. I mean, it kind of turns into a bitch because, like, say you go bowling because it happened to us. I had to stick my service weapon inside of my wife's purse. Well, you know, I don't the last carry thing my, I wanted to do was throw a bowling ball and have the gun go with it. I don't carry my service weapon. I carry a different weapon that's smaller. The so, Derringer. No, we're at that 380, too. Now, in here. Louisiana and in Florida, are you technically always on duty? Like, oh, yeah. If, if you go to a restaurant or something and something happens, are you automatically on duty? Yes, in Florida you are because they call it the duty to act. Yeah, you are properly trained to handle the situation. You are required to and have a duty to act. Same thing if because we're emergency first responders as well. Like uh, we give you first aid and stuff, make sure you stay alive like CPR. If I was driving down the road and nobody even knew I was a cop, I was in my car. But say there was somebody suffering, say, a stroke or a heart attack on the side of the road, and I didn't stop, and somebody knew that I, who I was and didn't stop, I can be arrested for that. Oh, wow. Yeah. You actually have a duty to act, and that person's family can sue you for not doing so. Now, on the other hand down here, we also have the Good Samaritan Act, which tells you uh, any civilian that has good intention in helping the suspect or s subject that's down um, say you break their ribs while you're doing compressions, which always happens. Yeah, you um, break ribs. They're not allowed to sue you um, because you were putting forth a good effort to keep them alive. But I don't know what Louisiana's like. We're pretty much the same on <laughs> that. We have Good Samaritan. Because, well, they have to do the Good Samaritan Act in a lot of places because people that See were trained, yeah, people were trained in CPR and stuff, and they, they like, that they, actually happened. I don't know if it was here or i saw a case on it one time a hundred years ago it seems like but somebody was in a car wreck or something 
a good Samaritan stopped and gave the person CPR. The person actually survived because of this person. But, of course, you know, they had like two broken ribs, which is going to happen. Cause if you're doing it right. CPR, it looks nothing like it does on TV. You're going to hear crunching and everything. It, it's, it's, it's not pretty either. But the person lived and then turned around and sued the person that saved their fucking life for breaking their ribs. Yep. At I mean, that point, the judge should be like, "All right, let's unalive this." I don't think they. I don't think they got. I don't think they got money. But that's when they. A lot of these good Samaritan laws, I think, took effect because of that. Because it was basically going to be like people were like, "Screw that! I'm not helping. I'm not going to stop and save somebody and then get sued for it." You know. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, but hell, look, now we have those damn, uh, back when I started, we didn't ever think about having somebody sign off that we're allowed to push their car and any damage that comes out of it, you know, can't fall back on us. And now, before I left, and I, the Iceman's got them too now, there's these fucking liability waivers. Oh, you want me to push your car out of the middle of the road? That's fine. We'll sign this. Yep. Because if I scratch your fucking bumper, you're not going to be able to sue me. Well. You know, it's so bullshit. Back in the day, they actually, the metal bumpers on cars were actually made out of metal. Right. Now they're made out of plastic and styrofoam. I don't remember the 60s, sir. Yeah, it was the one in the 60s. But they used to be, cars were actually made out of metal back then. When you were just swimming in your daddy's ball sack, waiting to come out. Best part of me ended up a stain on the mashers. <laughs> Where your hair went. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what hair? <laughs> yeah, what hair? <laughs> What's the difference in working for a PD and a sheriff's office? Oh, one's a dictatorship. The other one isn't it. Uh, it depends on which sheriff you're working for. Yeah, see, we got two completely. Because that's, that's me and him. He's a sheriff, always has been. I've always been PD for now. Well, I've, uh, I've worked under I've worked a total of four sheriffs. Two departments, four sheriffs. And uh, every sheriff is different. And uh like me doing this podcast, still being active law enforcement. Uh, if I s- still worked at my old department, this would not be in existence right now because they have super, super strict policies against social media stuff. And Even though he protects his face and nobody would th- ever get th- who he is, is out of me. This is not, you know, and the department I work for now, the sheriff knows I do this. And we had to sit down and talk to about it and everything else. So it depends because when you work for a sheriff's office, we work kind of like you hear in some of these TV shows. We work at the pleasure of the sheriff. He don't need he don't need an excuse to get rid of you. He can walk in and say, you know what, I don't like your haircut. You're fired. There ain't a damn thing I can do about it. Now with the PDs, most of the PDs are under civil service. So oh, we got unions. The, uh, the police chief, and I've seen it recently in uh, Baton Rouge, the police chief can come in and fire you, and you go, you you appeal it in front of the Civil Service Board, and they can say, nope, you can't fire him, and you can only give him a 60-day suspension, and you got to pay, pay him, and then you got to pay him for all the back pay he done missed since fighting all of this. I that that FOP. that's that's a big difference right there, is they have uh, well, PD's got civil service protection and uh, sheriff's employees don't. We work for the pleasure of the sheriff. He's like the man. He's he's one of the how many kings? 
62, I believe, here in Louisiana. Yeah. So. 62. Yeah. For six, I think we have 62, 62 parishes. And there's only one that's in charge of a jail. No. <laughs> the, the New Orleans? No. Parish. Well, that's all she does. They don't. Right. They don't patrol. But the PD runs that town, and then the sheriff's office has the jail. So they yeah. elected her sheriff of the jail. Oh. <laughs> and they give out hugs and candy and kisses. Yeah, and, and smoothies. And Care Bears. <laughs> yeah. Care Bears care. But yes, absolutely. I, I, I've i kind of in the past uh, strayed away from sheriff's offices because it seemed like everybody that I had that was a friend of mine and worked for the sheriff's office was fucking miserable. Because it was just... If the man came up this morning and goes, everybody's got to shave their head today or you're fired. Guess what? Shave your head or you're fired. Where it was with a police union inside of a large city. Uh, shit, they fire you. You can literally just go on vacation for three, four, six weeks and come back because you're getting paid. You know, it. yeah. And if you get in trouble on the street, instead of like, for instance, I don't know if the sheriff's office is like this, but in internal affairs, they call you in. Well, at a police department, if the sheriff or the police department was to require me to sit down in front of IA, I was also allowed to call my union rep, which was actually going to be the attorney and sit directly beside me. And I don't have to answer any questions. They can fully do the entire thing through them. And usually it relates into a whole. Uh, all right. Never mind. Well, and that's not standard with the sheriff's office. Oh, no, no we, we don't have no unions. No sheriff's yeah, sheriff's office, office usually don't have unions. No. The minute they try to unionize, they'll lay them all off. See, like, I don't so know. So why then is it that most of the time that those cops get in trouble, they're not deputies, but PD? Yes, because in a sheriff's office, if you make the sheriff look bad, the odds are the sheriff ain't even going to investigate it. He's going to shit can you. And then they'll have an investigation put forward and see if you need to be facing charges. With a PD, you can't just say you're fired. Like the Iceman says, we go now into this whole IA investigation. They get do that with your union rep and all that good stuff. And I don't think that's what that's she happened. asked. <laughs> it's not what? I think she was asking, why do you see on the news more PD guys getting in trouble in our investigation than you do sheriff's deputies? Yeah, Am and the right? easiest definition is the sheriff's department will be quicker to get rid of the problem or, child, whereas uh, a PD really can't. And also, the sheriff... A lot of these police departments, the chiefs, a lot of them, especially like in New York and all these big cities, those chiefs are not elected officials. They were are appointed <laughs> under the, the mayor. mayor. So they're going to do the, the chief's basically a puppet of the mayor <clears throat> in a lot of these places. So he's just, the, the police chief, him or her, is just going to basically, they're just doing what the mayor wants or tells them to do, especially political-wise. Now, Sheriffs are elected by the people, and they in yep. the sheriff himself, he don't have no, he don't have no city council to answer to. He don't have no mayor to answer to. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do. So he don't right. have some city we, council saying, "Oh, you have to do this or you have to do that." And if the sheriff's like, "No, well, I investigated it. We gave him a three day suspension, and it's done." They ain't know who they're going to go. The only people they can go bitch to is the Department of Justice or the FBI. Right. Or, the, or the governor's office. But uh, but the governor can come say, oh, you need to do this. And the sheriff can look at him to the governor and tell him to go fuck off, basically. Because he don't work for him either. 
So the sheriff don't work for anyone. He's the like the ultimate power. I mean, so that's a lot of times you see that the sheriff's office like investigate it and say, all right, well, we suspended the guy. I mean, we, that's enough discipline. I mean, there's no. That's one thing with the PDs and stuff. You have you have all these city councilmen. You have the mayor. You have all these people putting their the police putting commissioner. There. Yeah, don't forget the police commissioner. That guy is like he's he's our mayor pretty much when it comes to police matters. And if he don't agree with a policy change, he'll step in and say something. I mean, it's and like that in chief will fall in line. New York and Chicago <laughs> and all these places like that. The problem is, is you got a bunch of politicians making up the new rules and policies and stuff for all these police departments who's never put a badge on, never worked in law enforcement in their life, and they're making all decisions That's true. for it. That's why in Chicago, you, they can't they can't even chase somebody on foot without permission now. I mean, by, by the time you well, get permission, they they're gone. I mean, by the, time, by the time I call my supervisor and say, hey, Joe Blow's running from me, never mind. I don't even see him no more. So basically, I used to have this thing called proactive following. So basically, now if you're in one of them areas, you just just take off running. Well, just today, the governor in, in Washington, this wonderful King Inslee, he he decided to retract on some of the police reform policies that he put in place. Because it's election season. But uh, well, here's the thing, though: the uh, pursuit policy has still not changed. Still not changed. You need probable cause. In order to pursue a suspect, down here you got to have probable cause to even attempt to stop them. Well, the, the way they define probable cause is they let bank robbers go. No, that's probable cause. They they just about a month ago they let a bank robber go because they were not sure that this was the car. They wasn't one hundred percent sure. Could not establish probable cause. They had suspicion, but they could not. By the definition of Washington law now, establish probable cause. See, now, in a commission of a felony like that, you have reasonable suspicion. So you could stop the vehicle. Not down um, there, I, would, I would highly recommend not emptying a magazine into it. But, you know. You couldn't pay me enough to work in one of them places like that. Oh, hell no. What is no, that? That, that's why so many cops leave. Seattle is completely understaffed. Our even our Snohomish County Department is completely understaffed. That's a USB stick. Oh, this right here. I want one, <laughs> dude. That's cool as shit. I'll sit here and play it. <laughs> it's like a fifty cal. Uh, a little bit smaller. Fifty cal would be way bigger. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a, I think it's like a terabyte. I bought this off a of Wish. If everybody, oh, I almost forget we're recording. Have <laughs> a conversation. I have a, a USB drive. I have it. I had taken some pictures off. It looks like a a very large, uh, realistic bullet. I thought it was until he pulled it apart. And, and I was uh, like, he can unscrew, lipstick. He can unscrew it, and it's a USB. But it looks like a real bullet. That's what he's talking about. That's what happens when you just we're just recording audio. Sometimes I forget we're recording. Yeah, you got to remember me and Iceman talk to each other for like probably two to four hours a day if I'm not doing taxes. So like we're used to just holding conversation, shooting the shit nonstop. I think you called me daddy and asked one time because we had a, a drive-by in where I work at. Nobody was hit, <laughs> and uh, but we were looking for a suspect, uh, su- suspected vehicle, and uh. Of course, I don't know if they found. I think they ended up finding it after I got off already. I think I heard someone already. But uh, giggity. 
yeah. So it's pretty much the time. I don't answer. And I don't like to answer Hosteri later in the evening times. Oh, shush. <laughs> he knows he's not allowed to call me. That's a text. Yep. And if you don't answer, I'll just text him again and again and again and again. Eventually, he'll text you back. Put him, on, that. put him on mute. Put him on mute. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Any more questions you want to ask? Uh, I just had one. Darn it. How come yeah, Hosteri is so attractive? What what is the difference in policing except for people hating you now more than ever between when you started it now? Oh as God. Far as, as far as techniques go, as far as laws go. First off, you can never beat a Crown Victorian. Those cars, you could beat them to death. If you got in an accident, you survived because it actually had a what is it, an inch and a half steel beam going through the door all the way to the pillar. So it's like an yeah, entire roll cage. One. Yeah, I mean, they, the Crown Victoria. Either the P71s or the P73s, uh, those are the safest models. The regular mom and pop Crown Vic, that don't have any support in it. Um, if I'm not totally mistaken, his is a P73. Yeah, that's a detective's car. That'll be the one without a light. Um, if it has a light, it's P71. Kind of, I love my little car. Anyway, um,. That's evolved. You probably remember back when they had the old square body caprices. I started. Boats. I started in a square body Ford. Ford. Uh, <laughs> Ford Crown Victoria. It was a. I got pictures somewhere. I was in a fine brain attic. But uh, it's like uh, the Dukes of Hazard car. Yeah, like the the same body style that like Enos and them drove the square yep. one. Yeah, and we actually had. I actually had the old rotator bar light. If you don't know what I'm talking about it, actually, it was a it was a light bulb that's in there, and the little reflector thing spun around it, and it was loud. In uh, in the car, yeah, you, you could, could hear, hear it over the radio. You turned it on, and it was uh, you hear my mine was really old, and every now and then, if I hit my button and it didn't come on, I had to like reach outside the window and slap it with my hand and make it start spinning, and uh. <laughs> We didn't have, we didn't have uh, consoles. <laughs> we called them a tree, and because we had a bench seat, and it was this this stack of shit in front of you that if you got in a crash, it probably killed you, because uh, there was no such thing as airbags or nothing. The only thing I did miss though, I had my spotlight on my unit was in the middle of my uh, bar light on top. I yep. Thought, Did you have the controller? I had the joystick controller inside. I thought I was the shit. And uh, those were the vector bars. I I, I loved that light up there because you could once you got really used to it, you could spin it around. It was way better than a mounted light on the pillar. But yeah, we didn't even have portable radios when I started. We had a mic clip we put on the outside of our bar light. So when we got out of our unit, we'd take the mic and run it through the window and clip it on our bar light in case something happened and we were able to get back to the car because we didn't have portable radio. Fun fact. This one ain't <laughs> even a stupid fact. It's a fun fact. Did you know that every RoboCop movie that was released was followed up by immediate release to the uh, law enforcement community? They actually tested out the light bars on that show. Oh, really? So, like, the vector bar, if you go back and look at the release date of, like, uh, RoboCop, when they had the vector bar that you're talking about, 
that was on the cars of RoboCop. And the following year, they started to roll out to all the police agencies. Same thing with LEDs. And the thing I can't stand about LEDs is if your shit don't light up, your control board, you'll never know your lights are on. You'll be, I mean, you'll be just driving down the road wondering why everybody's pulling out of your way. because <laughs> your lights are on. That gets me to the next question. Has either one of you ever used your lights and sirens just to get home quicker? Not him. Oh, yeah, I have. He is a fool. No, I have. I was running poo code. Yeah, 10 Yeah. Code Brown. Code Brown. We had we, we had just eaten at some Mexican restaurant. Nah, I don't know. It hit me. I was, right on, the, I was on the motorcycle, and I was like, uh-oh. And I turned my shit on and <laughs> drove code all the way to the house. So, but now, now, if it's just like, and he can tell you, because we'll be on the phone sometimes, if I'm stuck in traffic, which I do get a lot of times, and, and, and like, you know, and I know guys that'll do it, I will not turn my shit on and go around traffic. I will sit there just like everybody else, and I don't care if it's going to take me one hour or three <laughs> hours, but I am not going to run around traffic with my lights and shit on just because uh-huh. I can. I, he I would. would do that. <laughs> yes. But I'm I, that guy. But I, I was PD. He's a sheriff. You know, there's a big I'm, difference. It's like, hell, when I was up there, we did, uh, I did some questionable things, and he's over there screaming from the passenger seat, you're going to get us all killed. We're going to go to jail. <laughs> Whoops. What'd you do? I cannot confess to anything, ma'am. Mm-hmm. We were going out to eat, and there was only one way to get to the place. All right. All right. Yeah, legally, anyway. <laughs> Next question. Do you guys watch cop shows? If so, which ones? Only live PD. I, I watched cops as a kid, but now that I'm older, looking back at some of the older episodes, there is terrible officer safety skills in all of them shows. Um, the officers are not doing what they should be. Um, what, do you, what do you think? I did not watch live PD. Uh <clears throat> And I got rid of my cable. So really the only cop show that I watched when I still had cable uh, was, uh, I liked uh, NYPD, not NYPD, Blue, uh, Blue Bloods. I liked Blue Bloods. Oh, yeah. With Tom Blood, Selleck. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I still watch that. I used to watch. Uh, the, they still making it? Yeah. And I did sure. watch Chicago PD, the trilogy with the, the Chicago Mid. Fire. I watched Chicago Fire, and, yeah. And I used to watch those. But other than that, like, the, the actual, like, cops or – when I was a kid, I used to watch cops. You know? Yeah, you love chips. You've talked about that yeah. before. But, yeah, he's a motor cop now. Right. But, like, but like Live PD, I tried. And I'm like, no, I just I just couldn't do it. It's just, well, it's it like, was my too city. much jumping around for me. Well, no, see, it was hilarious because I'm in Pasco County, Florida. You know, the hot spot on uh, Live PD. So, basically, I was just watching to see which ones of my clients were going to jail that well, wasn't night. Wasn't you on Live PD? Or you uh, thought my you house were- was on Live PD, yeah, because some <laughs> dumbass, like, broke into a car across the street from my house. And within minutes, they were busted because I had them on recording. Because all these tweakers think my shit's fake, and I've got umpteen security <laughs> systems. You got, like, 300 cameras on your house or something. I, I don't know if it's 32 or 64, but there's a lot. I have cameras for watching other cameras. That way, if they're ever destroyed, I know how. Why do you need so many cameras? Because I live in the white ghetto. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'd say it's time for moving, huh? 
Nope. Stay right where I'm at. My voting base. You got anything else? <clears throat> I need the Jeopardy music Why right now. Assholes. What happened? Why are detectives such assholes while the regular uh, control guy is not? That's not fair. No, no, that's not. They, they, it depends. Uh, I know some a lot detectives of them that jobs. I know, I know some some detectives that are cool as shit. Hell, I've eaten lunch with some of them recently out where you know I work now. I mean, in my old departments. I mean, hell, some of the detectives out there I help train now. When they were rookie cops, I mean, so, some of now they do have some guys. They become a detective, and their heads get too big for their badge. And but they that goes are, with any of them, and they are assholes. But I mean, to me, I think the majority of them aren't. And you got to imagine too, from our standpoint, we're we're a brother in blue, or you know, he's green. But uh, you got to imagine that, like I've known detectives and stuff like that. But and then they go and sit down in an interrogation, and they're a completely different person. That's like me and the Iceman. When we're when we're off, we're normal people just like you. But when we're in, you know, in uniform, there's a different mode you got to kick into. You have to put your brain into a mindset. Um, and that's the way they are. Is you know, it just it's them doing their jobs. Sometimes you got to play good cop, bad cop. You might have just come across some people that just got shitty personalities. That's true. That is true. I mean, a lot of people. Well, I mean- it's not like I ever got in trouble with anybody or, you know, I never got in trouble with the law. It, my my knowledge, quote unquote, is based on the shows that I watch. And oh. some of those detectives are just, they come across as total assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I met some that, you know, I met uniform cops, some uniform cops that I don't particularly care for. Just it's, Well, I can tell you right now, like Highway Patrol down here. If if you get one highway patrolman by himself, coolest people on the face of the earth. You walk into a restaurant and there's six of them sitting together at a table, don't even say hi. Because they're probably going to cuss you out. I, that's the way it is down here. It, they're great by themselves, but once they pack up, it's like, no, you're not as good as them. It, it's always been that way, though. Why is that, though? I don't know. I mean, they are... A superior agency down here. They're they're a state agency, so they're in charge of everything. Um, like up in Louisiana, it's completely backwards. Like the sheriff's department up there can tell the you know state troopers to get lost, don't come into my parish. Down here, or the sheriff can. can. <laughs> well, yeah, the sheriff can, but down here ain't like that. The state troopers are actually a higher ranking as far as FDLE is considered, Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Um, they they work directly for them, and they answer only to the governor. Well, the state troopers here answer only to the governor. It's just the the sheriff has you know he'll make a call and then can do it. But pretty much, I've only ever come across a couple state troopers in my whole career that were just total pricks to everybody, even other law enforcement. And, I've met a few of them, and they've got that reputation and uh. You know, some of them aren't troopers no more, or they got moved to other places because they were told not to go back in certain parishes and stuff like that. Right. So it just depends. You got, like I said, you got assholes and everything. 
Oh hell yeah! There's even assholes that work at Walmart. Come on now. I mean, you might you could go to you could go to McDonald's and you know the the burger guy may not like the fry guy because he feels like his job's more important because he cooks hamburgers and other guy cooks fries. And the 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 McPossum guy thinks he's above all of them. He is because the Mc the McRib is fucking delicious. The McPossum, the man of possum meat. Now, Iceman, I got another one for you. You talk about funeral escorts quite a bit. Yeah, that's one of my main jobs. Okay. Who gets a funeral escort and who pays for it? Well, in the two parishes or counties like y'all have, the two parishes I have ever worked in, uh, no one pays for it because we do it for free. It's a taxpayer. Yeah, it's uh, both the sheriffs I have worked for, well, all the sheriffs I have worked for, has always said, that that is the last thing that we can do for that person. And we're that citizen, not, yeah. And we're not going to charge their family for that. So that is done, you know, by on-duty uh, people. Both department I work for now, same way. You know, my old department, we had a bigger motor division, and if I – if they, we only had one, say we only had one funeral that day, there's a good chance you could have six to eight motorcycles on that one funeral. And we've had so many people, they would call a sheriff and, or, and just loved it because they made their uh, made family feel special, feel almost presidential with that many motorcycles on it. But no, they didn't charge. Now, city agencies, city agencies, I, I mean, they got city agencies around here that, uh, they they'll charge a hundred dollars per motorcycle to do to do those funeral escorts, and they have Seen. they have policies inside the city where you're not allowed to come inside the city without an escort. So, so a citizen can request a funeral escort. Yeah. Well, wow. what I what, where I work at. Yeah. Oh, whenever you where I work at both places, whenever. The people go there and make their funeral arrangements. If they have to, if the body needs to be transported anywhere, they don't even have to say. And now, if it's going into from where we are into Baton Rouge City, they'll have to schedule something with Baton Rouge City to the funeral home takes care of it. But and they'll just add it to the cost of the funeral. But they'll have to pay when they go into Baton Rouge City. But if it stays in the parish, they, the funeral home will notify the uh, the agency, and then you know that's it. I, I can kind of echo that. Our our state of Florida is just like uh, Louisiana. They're, they they pretty much cover the last cost. I, I've I've ran many of funeral escorts, but we always did it in our units. I mean, it sucks a little bit, but the reason why we do it down here, I think, I think it's his definition is a hell of a lot more romantic. The reason why we do it is because a funeral procession can be a clusterfuck. Because some people don't know if they need to stop for red lights. Some people don't know, you know, that they can go through it and stay with the convoy. Um, it causes all kinds of headaches all over the entire city. It'll, you know, close down entire roads. Um, so with our help, it helps them get it done. Um, and, yeah, it's a real thing. I can't tell you how many people stop at the red light while we're providing an escort. What about yeah. that fake cop y'all got down there with a the motorcycle that does escorts? Yeah, that crazy nut. He deserves the hot nuts. I honestly, I, well, 
I, I kind of have a devil-edged sword on that. Now, if he's running red and blues and shit like that and identify himself as a police officer, yeah, he deserves to go to jail. But from what I understand, because he is a security officer in the state of Florida, he is allowed to ride around armed on a motorcycle. There's nothing that says that's they not what they're getting him for. Cars. When he's running the escort, he's holding traffic lights and well, doing in, traffic the way he don't have the authority to control traffic that way. But under federal law, I mean, the only person that doesn't have to stop for a funeral is the mailman. That's it. If you go through a light. During a funeral procession, you can't write him a ticket. So he was just letting, yeah, I, I mean, he was just doing traffic enforcement but for a city that wasn't going to do it for him. I, I don't see a, I mean, I personally don't see a problem with it. That's, I mean, but it wouldn't be the first time we've had a difference of opinion. Same. But yeah, we don't Now, charge. whose decision is it if a fallen officer gets a memorial or not? Oh the Jesus! They all get memorials. What, what do you mean on memorial? Like the type of funeral they're having, or yes, after? The type yeah. Of funeral they're having. If you die on duty, it's a full-fledged honor. Oh yeah, yes. they'll have you know all kind of stuff. You'll have thousands of cops from all over the entire state. Sometimes, like we've even had county mounties or. Uh, the Canadian mounties come to our funerals down in Tampa. Yeah, we've had um, we've had Canadians and. New York cops and all kinds of stuff. Sign of New major York respect. Actually, you're showing your, uh, you know, your pride for your brother. I don't even know if they well, still have them, but I think this guy in New York that came down was two of them. That was actually their job was to attend uh, law enforcement law funerals. Funeral in line of duty. Death. Yeah. We actually had two here in the last two years, and it might have been because of COVID, but we had two here in the last two years that did not get one. Well, see, if you, I, it, it, me and the ice man have had this conversation before. That's like uh, it, it, the COVID is one thing because nobody can guarantee where you can track. I, I think she's talking about they didn't die of COVID, did they? Were they murdered? No, 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 no. One was that officer I told you about, Shoop, yeah. who was tragically killed by his FTO. At first, they thought that the suspect hit him, but then they found out that the FTO actually hit him. Jesus. And, yeah, that was a horrible, horrible story. And the other one was um, he was on duty, too, and he got lost at sea trying to rescue somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah, they both deserve a funeral then. Yeah, neither one of them got one. They probably used the, they probably used the whole COVID thing because we had we've had we had some uh, a guy go down. We went and did their funeral, even though, you know, it was it wasn't as big as it would have been because of COVID. But most cops will show up regardless. So, I would. So, I mean, I was there and stuff like that, but no, he was talking about the whole, uh, when, if y'all listen to the, my end of watch episodes at the beginning of every month, uh, lately had a lot of COVID deaths. They, they classify them as, uh, on duty deaths. Uh, I understand why they're doing them, uh, like that. And there's a good chance they did contract it on duty. Nobody knows, yeah. but, uh, my opinion is they the reason they say they're on duty desk is because that way the family gets more. They get a hundred percent. They get a hundred percent of their death benefits that way. If it's classified on duty, that's what that is. Now, what is the amount of death benefits for a cop anyway? It all depends on the agency. Different agencies, different retirement systems. I worked for one that was ten thousand dollars. 
that's it. Yeah. That's a shame. Definitely wasn't worth it for a guy that had kids. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. I'll put it that way. That is true. <laughs> his his wife is going to be a very happy woman one day. <laughs> She's going to be sad when I'm gone. Oh. Now, as a cop, do you have to retire at a certain age, or can you stay indefinitely? No, I think me and him have talked about this before. Uh, not what was that? What was that here. town that little old black man worked for? He's been a cop for like eighty years or yeah, some he, shit. He, yeah, he was he still alive? That's when it died. He was like eighty-two or something like that, still in uniform. Uh, I've me and him have talked about it off air, not recording that. You know, because like I said, I can retire in three years. And I'll only be 54 years old, so it's still up in the air. Uh, you know, we have a, we have a. I could keep working and then drop and get a lump sum of money and all kind of stuff. And everybody's like, "What you gonna do?" Everybody, I get people ask me all the time, "What you gonna do?" Because I'm a short timer now. And uh, I'm like, I don't know yet. Ask me in three years, and I'll let you know. Or so, if, I, if I'm still here in four, you, you know. But it's just, I don't want to be. I'm not. I, I will not be one of those guys that just dies of old age on duty i just i don't want to be that guy i want to be able to enjoy myself a little bit here we go a little bit of news uh lieutenant colonel buckshot smith after working in law enforcement for nearly 56 years lieutenant colonel buckshot smith is one of the oldest police officers in the united states at 91 he continues serving his small town in arkansas 91. Yeah, see, I'm. Yeah, me and him, me and Ice Man's had a conversation. I bet you his wife's a bitch. Yeah, he just just don't want to go home and be with her. Well, she's probably dead by now. I mean, Uh, he might be on his fifth. You never know, man. You know how cops are. It's like, but yeah, I just, I can understand though, uh, because me and him have also discussed this. Like, I've been doing this, you know, freaking almost 30 years now. It's like, that's all I know how to do. And then I think you see a lot of suicides and retired cops after they're done because they don't nah, know, i was gonna say that they don't what's know, the average length of time after they retire that they kick the bucket you don't know they don't know what to do themselves you put public service your entire life and just now you're just a normal regular civilian now and it's like it's hard not <laughs> to be just a regular civilian right so people, do you guys have to pay for your uniforms yourself Uh, The first initial uniforms on them, and we have to pay for any of them in the future, is my experience. No. Not at all. Yeah, you actually get a uniform allowance, don't you? No. no, uh, But, no, I just, I'll go in and say, hey, I need some, you know, uniform. No, if you go in there every every month, we're getting uniforms, I'll say something to you. But, no, it's like I went in. Well, hell, I mean, you know, I went in, I needed some new motor boots, which are about $700 a pair. And I walked in. I said, "Hi, hey, I need some new boots." And they're like, "I said, my other ones are old." They're like, "Okay." And I went to the place and ordered me some new boots, and they paid for them. He has these pants that makes his package look huge. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, no. I, my department, it, it, both departments I've worked for, I've never had to buy uniforms. I mean, you know, and outfitting a motor guy is expensive. That's why I'm a lot of people like if you're coming in the motors, you better you'll stay here for at least a year or two, because I mean just I mean a pair of uh, motor pants that goes in them boots it's up 120 150 dollars just for each pair of pants, and you got the boots and I mean your helmets you know. $500. You wonder why the motorcycle cops are always 
dead sexy because they, they dress them up like Barbies. <laughs> but no, I know some departments. Uh, I know some other sheriff's offices. Uh, I don't know if they still do it. This was a long time ago. I mean, the only thing they gave you, they gave you a duty belt with nothing in it. Yeah, you had to buy your own gun, your handcuffs. You had to buy, you had to buy your own. You know, you had to buy. The only thing they gave you was an empty duty belt and a car to use. Everything else you had to buy yourself. I've worked for one of those. I uh, yeah, I got. I and then I handed all the shit back when I went out and bought my own custom shit because I wanted to be the pretty boy. So you know they issued the nasty, hot, uh, like cotton uniforms, and I went straight five eleven. Got all the nice pretty shit, the nice belts, the best asp, the best flashlights. Yeah, but I've even worked for the police department that made you buy your own fucking gun. So yeah. What? Damn. <laughs> what is your duty weapon, Iceman? I just carry a Glock, forty caliber Glock. Carries a revolver. I do not. Sure, you do, Barney. No, no. My favorite. <laughs> if you want to ask me what my favorite duty weapon was through my career, and even though it's heavy as hell, it's three fifty-seven Magnum. Nope. Beretta nine millimeter. Oh, God. I loved uh, that Beretta. I never had a malfunction with it, ever. And I'm talking, I went through SWAT training with this thing. This thing was clumped up with mud and shit from being mud. It had never jammed. That Beretta had never jammed on me, never gave me no problems, ever. It was, Do you have a choice in which weapon you carry? Usually not. No, no, no. Now, my department here, most all departments, everybody carries the same the same gun, the same caliber gun. There's a reason for that. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, but my department now, that not many guys do it, but I can carry a, a Glock 9mm if I want to. But we don't have very many guys that carry. I don't know if any of them carry 9s. But, but you have we to have buy, a lot of females. You have to buy that yourself, nine. though. They issue you to 40. Everybody has the same same. Same gun, same same mags and everything else. So, but like I said, there's a reason for that. If we're all pinned down and I'm out of ammo, you could just fucking fling me a new bag, a mag, and I can keep going. Yeah. Or if you fall in the line of duty and I'm running low on ammo, I can pick up your ammo and keep going. Yeah, I can. Uh, everybody else's magazines will fit everybody else's guns that way. So. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Now. You may not want to answer this question, but what do you all, in all honesty, think about female cops? Not doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'll answer. I don't care. I mean, people wouldn't get mad or whatever. I'm not against female cops, uh, per se. I don't think you got some female cops that uh, that are very petite. Let's say smaller in stature. Uh, I'm not saying they can't do a, a just as good a job as I can on most of the stuff, but when it comes to if you have to fight a just a six foot tall, three hundred pound guy, and you're a you know ninety pound, and you're, you're you know you're you're five two and weigh ninety five or a hundred pounds. Uh, I, I only if you're a jujitsu black belt i don't know if that would help you much in that thing now you got some i've seen some female cops they they kind of scary looking but oh i've worked with some they're tough but they're uh, tough cookies you know so i i guess if you're gonna be a, a female cop at least uh 
I don't know, bulk up or the physical statue of it because I've seen uh I didn't ever do it and uh but uh I've witnessed it on shifts before that they had a, a female cop would come on and some of the guys and All I, I guess guys. it's just uh in the nature or whatever. If she got a hot call They yeah, were all she, going. Yeah, she would never Yeah, calls that me and him would go to and they'll be like, Nah, he's got this. Yeah. It, like call that I would go to by to myself go. and people would show up. Yeah, I just think it's a distraction. Like you just said, you know, everybody's gotta basically run and, and protect. I think it's a distraction and I'm saying that as a female. No, I'm just saying, like I said, they got some great female cops. I'm just, my, yeah, I've met my, some. My thing is, it's just, it's sometimes when it comes to the the physicality of having to fight a very large bad guy, that's going to give a guy problems. You know, it could be, I don't know. It, it could result in a loss of which, life. Which, which, in that instant, in that instant, let's say you got a five foot two. 100, 120 pound female fighting a, a guy my size. I'm six foot and about 290 right now. You uh, sit on you. No, whereas I'm going to have to physically fight this person. If he puts his hands on her and starts hurting her, she's actually would have be justified in using deadly force against him. Where that I is also true. She she would be more she would be if she took her gun out and shot somebody my size for physically attacking her, she would be justified in doing it. Be a clean now, shoot. If I did it, I'm going to jail for murder. Because it's not justified for me if we're just in a if we're just in a physical altercation, he's not grabbing for my gun or nothing, but she would because of the difference in size. Now you probably heard in the news that we just lost a, a deputy in, in Pierce County here. And the suspect's dead, too. What is your opinion on the suspect being shot and killed by the cops versus the son of a bitch rotting in jail for the rest of his life? Uh, if if you kill a cop, they should mag dump on you the minute yeah, they come I mean, in contact they, with you. They just saved the taxpayers some money. That's all Amen. That's all they did. There used, in old school policing, there used to be an agreement among zone partners that if something ever happened to me, that motherfucker never makes it to court. Uh, they don't do that anymore, but you know. yeah, it's a new woke. <laughs> it's, it's totally different in policing now. Yeah, it used back, to be a complete brotherhood. You know, way you, back, I mean, everybody on the force stood with one another. Way, way back in the day, if you shot and killed a cop, I, you probably wasn't gonna make it. If they when they caught you, you probably wasn't ever gonna make it to court. And in the great words of Grady Judd, "Why did we shoot him a thousand times? Because we ran out of bullets." Yep, I love that guy. Absolutely love that, that man. He he's a great, great leader. And my 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 thinking just was, you know, when I heard that piece of shit is dead, I was just thinking, well, damn, now that was way too easy for him. No, no, it's not easy no. for him. That's just better because the other way they're gonna he's gonna sit in prison for the rest of his life. Write a book, and, makes and millions, gonna, and, and then he's gonna be popular in prison with the other inmates because he killed a cop. He's going to be a rock star in jail because he's a cop killer. Yeah, cop killers in jail are praised. Yeah, so, no, I mean, so, I mean, and I don't know if you've ever been in a state penitentiary down in Washington. They're probably way cushier. But inside of a state penitentiary nowadays, uh, you have cable TV, uh, 
With, like, well, when I worked in state penitentiary, I'm sure they still have it. They had HBO, Cinemax, and stuff like that. They had cable TV. They could, you know, watch their games and stuff. You had commissary that, you, so as long as you had money on your books, uh, you could walk up to the commissary window. The one I, they didn't do it. It was like a store that was there that was open from like three hours, four hours a day. And you could walk up and give them, you know, they'd scan your name or whatever. And uh, as long as you had money on books, you could buy, you could buy microwave popcorn. You could buy the, the little, you know, soups that you put the hot water in. Uh, Holy cow, they're ramen not noodles. Camp there in prison. For ramen noodles. You, you got to pay out the nose for it. Yeah, it's way more expensive. <laughs> like ramen isn't no 99 cents like it is in the store. It's no. like $5. But, uh, hell, you could even buy pints of uh, Bluebell ice cream and shit. Jesus. And, uh, good toilet paper. And then, uh, that's, I mean, they, they, they could play. buy honey buns. They would buy bread and peanut butter. And, I mean, they would tuna fish. I mean, it was like a whole little store there. And uh, well, back well, I think they did not. They don't sell cigarettes no more. But they used to buy their cigarettes. I mean, basically, the only thing they didn't have in prison is you had you had somebody telling you when you had to wake up and when you had to go to bed at night. And uh, you have a job. I mean, you had to. A lot. I mean, everybody had a job. Even the handicapped inmates in wheelchairs, they had them wiping down bars and shit during the day. So everybody has a job. But I guess the only thing that you don't have in prison, and uh, well, I can't even say that. You can't do, if you're in a male prison, you just don't have a real woman. Ah, Prison purse. But other than that, you just don't, uh, I mean, the worst part, you know, being there is that that you just can't leave when you want to. It's you know you're unless it, you're juicy Smollett. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow. wrong podcast. But <laughs> but uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, it's being a detention away from your family and restriction of your own movement. But other than that, I mean, you you hell they they got football leagues, boxing. You can get college they educated classes, rodeos, rodeos. I mean, all kind of shit in prison. Yeah, you're you got three square meals a day. I mean, yeah, medical care, dental. The only thing you can't do is leave and go see your family. They can only come, you know, once a month or twice a month to visit you. And that whole bullshit of, like, having your wife come up there so you can sleep with her is a myth. I ain't well, never seen no, that No, I jail. think they do have some states that have conjugal visits. Louisiana, Florida. Louisiana is not one of them. You punch it up on your computer or something there and see which states have conjugal visits. But I know they do have some states, I believe, have conjugal, but they do not. That does not exist here. If you're having sex in prison in Louisiana, it's probably with another man. Six states allow conjugal visits. Currently, only California, Connecticut, Mississippi, New Mexico, New York, and Washington see, I didn't know allow conjugal visits. Some states allow other family members, such as children and grandchildren, to visit for extended periods. So, like a family pod. No shit. I didn't think Mississippi did that, Seth. The one I used to work with was a state penitentiary, and uh, it's like if once you got, you know, if you kept your record clean and you get a bunch of write-ups and stuff, uh, you yeah, could you get gang in, time. You could put in for like a P 
picnic visit where your family could actually come. Of course, they searched all the food and shit, but it was a big outside area inside the prison with picnic tables and swings for the kids. It was almost like a little park where you could go out there for like three or four hours with your family and have a picnic and visit. Wow. So, yeah, but they had a football. They had a prison football league. They had a prison boxing league and because uh, they had the prison champion little belt and stuff and uh, they had uh gyms they had several you know iron piles which is where they have the weights and stuff they had basketball courts uh uh they, yeah i mean there's there's lots of functions there's college classes you can take uh church, courses church services i mean there's i mean it's basically it's its own little city there like i said the only thing you can't do is leave and go visit your family so I have a unpopular opinion, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. I believe that inside of a federal penitentiary or any kind of jail, they shouldn't be allowed to work out. They shouldn't be allowed well, to have, I, No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, they should feed them very good. I think that they should feed them ding-dongs, ho-hos, Well, Twinkies. some of them are eating ding-dongs. Yeah, I know. But I think they should be eating like that all day long. They should be eating big, fat triple whoppers with burger king you know whatever uh, yeah and then no workout well i don't, uh, I, I, I agree with the, the whole work i think because trust me i work there you got guys that go to prison getting three squares a day and stuff like that and can work out all the time and they come out bigger they're super they, predators bigger and in better shape and stronger than when they went in yeah they should all come out like roly polioli if you don't give them diabetes <laughs> during their term it shouldn't be okay. Uh, well, we are at the hour and a half mark. Yeah, and I'm still at work. Yeah. So, uh, y'all hold up a minute. Don't hang up. Uh, we're going to close it out. appreciate everybody coming listening. I didn't say everything in the beginning. If you're still here right now, go ahead and like and subscribe. Uh, of course, we're on YouTube and Facebook. We do live shows on Wednesdays, uh, news reports. And Saturdays. On Apple, uh, go write me a, a five star review, and if you write it down, I'll shout it out on air. And other than that, I appreciate everybody listening. I really appreciate Natasha. Sorry, you guys couldn't see my beautiful face. Uh, y'all aren't missing anything. And remember to <laughs> stay safe out there. And uh, smile, smile. The ice man could look, be behind look you. don't be appropriating my sayings. Get your own. <laughs> Smile, because Iceman can always be behind you. Love you.